Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Belle. Happy anniversary, you guys! Five, five years. Five years we've been doing this. I can't believe it's been that long. Oh, I, I had to celebrate by going blonde again, because when we first started recording, <laughs> yeah, I was right. blonde five years that's ago. That's right! So this is for you guys. Aww. Not well, really. I it's for me, again. but kind of for you. <laughs> Did you say you shaved your head again, Tracy? <laughs> Yeah, just for this, just for this occasion. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, five years. You were you were freshly shaven when we recorded yep. the first time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, you know, you got to put on a good impression for your first uh, first show. Yeah, man, a Crazy. lot on the show since then, and you know, right? So much has happened. We were just young and crazy we with our lives ahead of us. <laughs> We had never heard of COVID. <laughs> Zoom wasn't a thing. I mean, yeah. it was kind of a thing, but, yeah, but like not, not, not for everybody. Now, yeah. 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 It was kind of like the underground hit that then became mainstream. It was more like if you had a nine to five office job and you had to have that really boring, like regional call. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We thought, Hey, let's talk about movies because that will go on forever. They're never going to stop showing movies in theaters. What could possibly go wrong? They'll never stop making movies for a while. Yeah. No. Yeah, that'll never happen. And one global pandemic and writer and actor strike later, we're still here. So can't keep us down. So really, COVID was our fault. We jinxed it. <laughs> well, Just kidding. Just kidding. We didn't have anything to do with COVID. Don't write I us letters. Don't get angry at us. Collider. <laughs> That's what it was. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how all that works, but I have not heard a, a a good single theory on why COVID happened. So yeah. I don't yeah. there is I don't think there is one. No. One of my pictures fell down. Oh Over. no. Oh I still haven't put my pictures up, so <laughs> You can tell every time we shoot this show how much of a procrastinator I am. <laughs> but I cleaned the guest room that's right Good. next to me. Excellent. That's good. And that's you know good. what happens when you clean one room? Everything goes into the other room. Yeah. 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 But that one's clean. So that's, there you go. Yeah. I usually clean one room and I'm like, I'm done because that took forever and was a lot <laughs> of hard work. And so. Then it takes me about three weeks to try to clean something else. So yeah, that's, that's recover. I mean, I'm gonna be gone yeah. for two weeks. So then when I come back, yeah, then I'll start on this room unless yeah. I find something else to do. <laughs> you, know, you finish it, and then you're like, oh, I'm just gonna sit for like five uh -huh. minutes or three years. I haven't really decided. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty much. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Oh. yeah, we've we've spent today putting our boys room together they've two of them share a room and they have mm -hmm. they've had bunk beds but um my 13 year old almost 14 year old has kind of outgrown the bunk bed thing so we got new beds and new dressers and so we've been oh, doing a lot putting that together so fun. once we were done i was like yeah i'm 
Good. Putting together furniture is not high on my list of things to do. So I am very fortunate because Erica, I don't know that I'd say she loves it, but she does like putting things together and like okay. reading the instructions. And she is the handy person in our relationship. Okay. I have come to understand that the stereotypes that you see like on sitcoms and stuff do not apply to That's me, my, right. except in reverse. That's so, all right. Uh, that is a show right there. Yeah. Yeah, except I feel like Nate Bargazzi's already kind of stolen my shtick as far as Bargazzi. (laughs) But not everybody knows him, and he doesn't have six kids. That's true. He's only got one. TLC. Yeah. So Um, TLC doesn't need to call. We don't want to do. No, TLC ruins marriages. We don't. Yeah. Like if I was going to do a reality, and I'm not going to do a reality show, but if I was, like TLC would be the last channel I'd want to do it on. Yeah. Those never go well. No. Go on PBS. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Get a little Antiques Roadshow going on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that show. Why did I forget about that show? I love it when it's they like, have celebrities randomly on there with, like, their stuff. Yeah. They just show up with some something they found in their basement. Uh, can you verify this? Yeah, because I made it. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Antiques Roadshow is, like, the refined upper class version of Pawn Stars. <laughs> really yeah yeah so, yeah when yeah. i did the uh the las vegas half marathon i ran past it at night and uh it's in a sketchy part of town and it's tiny yeah it is tiny and there's usually a line out front both times i tried to go over there they have like ropes and they have a line to let people in because it just gets so crazy which i think is funny too because they don't even film there like they film on a soundstage do oh, they? well that's yeah. stupid yeah because the the privacy laws and all that yeah Oh, so they well, originally when the they recreated their whole thing on a soundstage. Yep. Well, now I don't ever want to watch that show again. Stupid. <laughs> if you watch the early episodes, that was the actual set. Yeah, I, was actual say, I think they started out doing it. Yeah. At the actual store, and it became too big, and yeah. Oh, I don't know. With as many people that are visiting there every day, I don't know how they could shoot. Oh, exactly. Anymore. Yeah. But I I did know that it doesn't quite work. Like it, they show it right, like where somebody just randomly walks in with it. Oh, hey, it, yeah, oh, I have a hundred thousand dollar Pokemon card. Here's, here's my three Super Bowl rings that I have that I, <laughs> I bought from a collector. Yeah, yeah, somebody hawked to me because they needed to get their gambling debt down, right? Yeah. Man, there was there was a golden age there with Pawn Stars, and then you had like the Storage Wars. Where I loved Storage Wars. Did you ever watch uh, Shipping Wars? No. No. Shipping Wars was a guilty pleasure. What? Was it like a spinoff where they were doing like shipping containers? Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's people who ship weird stuff all across the country. Do they ship their pants? They, they would ship like giant Halloween animatronics for like haunted hands. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, they they would ship giant pumpkins. It was there was one that was a van full of um, VHS copies of Speed, just really yeah. random, weird, bizarre stuff. But it was random, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, but then there were like two spinoffs from Pawn Stars because there was the Counting Cars restoration guy. Yeah, and then yeah. Cars one. Yeah, I like the Pickers show. With yeah, the I like guys. I like, like that show. Yeah, yeah, I. And I enjoy when they find people to like visit their house and try to buy stuff like that's really interesting. But I also enjoy just when it's the two of them in the van and they're going yeah. back and forth and telling random stories. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I can get into they that. They broke up now. 
Yeah. They broke I, up. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they're together, but I loved it when they would find some house to go to and the, the person knew they were coming and then they're like, I don't really, I don't really want to sell anything. Yeah, they got an <laughs> but thanks for dropping own. by and looking through I my I just want to show you my really cool collection of stuff. I'm not selling any of it to you. And it's ever. just piles of stuff in right. a shed right. they have to climb on. Yeah. Some of the stuff where they're like, I'll offer you $500 for this rusted piece of metal. I'm like, wow, okay. Some people are so connected. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. They would do that. I'm, we're, you know, I'll give you 500 for it. And then they turn around. They're like, we're going to sell this for 1500 back. In the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how they make business. Uh, it they is. make the money. Yep. It is. It's, it's the pawn stars. Best I can do is five bucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's got to They've got to make money. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm not going to sell this for more than, I don't know. Hundred. So the best I can do is a couple bucks. I don't know, three, four dollars tops. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna sit for a while. It's just gonna be taking up space. <laughs> and then that you cut to them like playing with it at their home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hooked this up. It works great. Played this classic Nintendo. It was awesome. <laughs> it's really too bad there's not a Pawn Stars movie because we could yeah. talk about that. I but, mean, we're not against talking about shows. We've talked sure. about shows before. And guess what? We just talked about Pawn Stars. I really don't think we needed a whole episode for it. No, I don't think so either. That was that was completely right. impromptu. That that wasn't staged, folks. That wasn't like Pawn Stars. It wasn't yeah. staged. This is, this, is real, this is real uncut right here. We had no do, intent of going there. I do love to like try and figure out when the person comes in. And it's one of their family heirlooms and somebody died and they think it's this like really old thing oh, from yeah. like the first war or something. And I'm like, did you really think that was that? Did yeah, this person really lot or really die and bring this to you? Or are you somebody that works in an old folks home and you cheat? Like, I like to think of like the story of how it really got there. <laughs> I'm not saying that people that do work in those homes are, but you know, like, I'm just, I try and think of, and then you see the look on some of their faces, like they were told the story by their grandpa that this is what it's from. And the guy's like, that's, they made that that's in the eighties. Like completely that's, false. that's yeah. just not heartbroken. Yeah. It's, it's funny because my, my grandfather passed away. I don't know, like 10. That's not funny at all. Well, hold on. <laughs> that part obviously wasn't. But it, I, and I meant more funny, interesting than funny, haha. But but what was interesting was we found out just how much like he had lied to us about everything. Like there was nothing <laughs> real about anything that he did. And so you find that out after someone passes away. Like, oh, this is a treasured heirloom that he gave to me. No, this is that was like his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. He told us forever that he had a, a degree from uh, Cal Poly in engineering. Never even went to school there. Like what? Was, was How did you people. find that out? I, just in some records, personal records that we found of his and things like that. It just, it's all made up. Wow. So it's, that's the stuff you learn when someone passes away. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> all right. All right. I mean, I pretty much think that you just have to go online and watch all my streaming and be like, yeah, we knew Val. And yeah. then you can come into this room where my stuff is worth nothing except for all the sentiments that go with my nerdy collection. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, except for my Disney pins. True. 
those are an investment <laughs> if you know what to do with them. If you, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, we're not talking Pawn Stars for the whole episode. <laughs> or, or about Val's crap. But we are talking about one of the biggest movie mashups of the summer last year. Of all time, maybe. Of all time, possibly. Mm-hmm. And both are now available for streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbie on HBO Max, or excuse me, Max. Max. Just Max. Max. Uh, and Oppenheimer on Peacock, because there's no other reason to sign up for Peacock unless you're a wrestling fan. <laughs> you can also rent it or buy it on uh, Apple TV or yes, Amazon or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't have Peacock and you want to buy the film, which I think is worth it, I own the film because I got it for free, but I still would have purchased it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it again for the third time yesterday to get ready for this. And I was, I was like, Oh, I forgot how good it was. Like I probably should have watched it one more time before we voted on at the, yeah. Film critics association, because it, I just forgot how good it was. I mean, I knew I enjoyed it. Right. Um, but then there were so many things that came after it that were so good. Last year was such a good year. for uh, Last movies. year was nice. The, sure. the year before, like everything everywhere all at once was really, really good. And then everything else was just kind of. That was the year before last year. Sorry. Time's weird post Two years ago. Was it? What was yeah. last? Last year was Barbie, Oppenheimer. Well, okay. Well, that when the movies Oscars. came out, yes, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about the movies that were released True. last year. True. I we was saw thinking... I we saw Oppenheimer in 2023. Yes, and then after Oppenheimer came out, there yes. was a cluster of other I... really good movies that came after it. This is true. This Not is talking true. about award shows yet. Okay, okay. my bad. Um, I took. A sorry, I, that was confusing. Maybe, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think that that ensemble cast. Are we going to talk about Oppenheimer first or Barbie let's, first? Let's let's talk Oppenheimer. Yeah. We've already started the reaction, so let's go. Yeah. Just the casting, man. That ensemble cast was so good. Yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. in this, I know he's nominated for, and I know we're not talking awards, Val. You've said that. No, already. I that <laughs> he has been but, winning. He's been winning. I think deservedly he's yeah. been winning. I mean, it took me a couple of minutes to realize that was him. Uh-huh. Oh, Not really? Just because of the makeup, but just in the way he carried himself in the film. Like he became that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say character because these are all historical figures. But he became that, he became Strauss. Yeah. And he was just really amazing in this well, movie. It's, it's interesting too. I read an interview with him and he said that when Christopher Nolan approached him about it, he was like, okay, I'm going to take you back to what you used to do. And I'm going to strip away all of your crutches that you use in acting. And I'm going to bring you back to when you were just very basic, not basic, but very, um, very much younger. He's like, I want to strip all that stuff away from you. Cause it's all safety net. And I want you to go back to the way you used to act. And so he said, he kind of credits Nolan for kind of reinvigorating his career. He's like, I realized that I was kind of, I was kind of coasting. I was kind of doing the same thing. And now I've got a, a freshness. Hopefully it didn't take him all the way back to like the cocaine usage and stuff like that. I would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like <laughs> when you first, like now, it, in order to do before. the scene, you're going to have to do a bump. And yeah. uh, wow. I hope you not. even know the terminology, Tracy. <laughs> um, no, I, 
I don't think he reinvigorated his career, but I think he reminded everyone. I think he reminded everyone that Robert Downey Jr. is not just Iron Man. And I don't want to use the word just, but he's more than Iron Man. He's Iron Man adjacent. Well, when he, when he got, um, not drafted. That's not the right word. Cast. <laughs> as Iron Man. I could have been drafted. It was a sure. war. Yeah. Hey, Iron when Man he was life preserver. When he was cast as Iron Man, his his career was struggling. Pretty much. He over. didn't have one. He didn't yeah. have one. Yeah. But but it brought some clout to the film because of what he had accomplished right. prior to that. <laughs> um, and now it's interesting that it's kind of come full circle and that we think of him as Iron Man more than anything else that he's done and forget right. that he is a brilliant actor in his own right. Like not yeah. just in superhero movies, but um, really in a lot of stuff. One of these days yeah. we should do a throwback to him doing the movie heart and souls. Did you guys ever see yeah, that? One? That's yeah. good. That was a really good one. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that he's been in for a lot of years that I was a fan of. Yeah. yeah. And then well, when it was sad to see his career tank and then to see it come back was great. But now yeah. to see him like be excited about acting again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. tell you can tell in this that he was. And it was, you know, it was a big jump from from Doolittle to this. A good jump. <laughs> good, good That's jump. right. I forgot about Doolittle. I thought Doolittle was fun for little kids. Yeah. I could do that. But but it's not. It's not the same level of performance. No, no. Well, no, it's not the same type of movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So, but Uh, it does show his range that he can do both of those things really well. Yeah. Yes. And, and this, I don't know if you guys have heard the story. Did you hear about um, Florence Pugh on the set? She did recently. Uh, She came out with an interview recently, um, which this, I'm a big fan of Florence Pugh. I've loved her since I saw her in Midsummer. I saw her in that, and I'm like, this woman is a star. Like, this woman is going to win an Oscar before all is said and done. And uh, she just she just has this kind of, like, no-care attitude. Like, I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like it, then too bad. And yeah. so she she gave a story about how when they were doing the, the scene with uh, Killen Murphy, um, with the nude scene, and she said they it was her and Nolan and Murphy and the camera operator and then the intimacy expert. That's all that was on the set. Um, Cause nowadays they try and be very sensitive towards that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Day, it was mm-hmm. like wide open set. Right. Mm-hmm. So the camera breaks down and so she's like, okay, this could be really awkward or I could take this moment and I want to be a director someday. And so she like went over to the camera guy and was like, okay, so teach me what's going on. How does this work? Why is it broken? And like had Christopher Nolan and the camera operator like tell her what was happening while they were trying to fix it right in the middle while she had just done this nude scene. And I'm like, you know what? And then she was like, I could sit here and be uncomfortable and feel weird and, or I could go learn something. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, (laughs) I mean, I think most people know what I feel about nudity is that I don't have such an issue with nudity as I have about teaching people how to make bums, right? So, like, for that, me... You know, I, I will say that like, did kind of feel unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple times where she was naked, and I was like, well, I mean, she doesn't need to be. Right. Um, but the fact that she's comfortable with it, um, and to me, those intimate scenes back and forth, it showed 
I think it was more about them being vulnerable with yes. each other. And mm -hmm. that's why they were naked. Cause so there was a meaning behind it, but there were some other times where I was like, I mean, we've, you know, I don't know that it's all necessary, but I don't have an issue with just people being naked. I think it's right. what is happening and why they're naked. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were a couple of times I thought it was unnecessary, but for all in all, she had such a great performance. Like she didn't, Fantastic. she was not on screen very often. Mm -hmm. But when she was, it was super powerful. Um, and I feel that way with with everyone because Emily yeah. Blunt was Emily not Blunt, in the film as much as you would think she would be. But right. every time she was there, it was for a purpose. She just, the scene she was in, and I'm just like going through the cast again. I, when I was watching it last night, I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot that freaking Josh Hartnett is yeah. in here and Matt Damon and Gary Oldman and with Josh Peck. The first time I saw it on the big screen and Josh Peck was there, I'm like, Drake, Drake and Josh, there's Josh. <laughs> like I was freak. I was so happy that he's like, cause I just love um, that guy. Casey well, Affleck. Yeah. It, it wasn't until it was over that I realized that that was um, Gary Oldman. Oh really? Yeah. Like I did not recognize him in that, in that role. Well, and I, I really enjoyed Matt Damon in it. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. And it reminds, every time I see him in a role like this, it reminds me how good an actor he actually yeah. is. And yeah. I don't know why that always gets lost on me because I've never seen him put in a bad performance. Right. Even that Duncan commercial was not bad. No. Well, he was, he was the only one that had any common sense that this was a really yeah. good commercial. Like, I, I believe I believed him when he said he didn't want to be there for Ben yeah. Affleck. Because totally. yeah. I didn't yeah. want him to be there for Ben. Yeah. I'll be honest. That was a weird commercial. That was not my favorite Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I really, um, and I don't ever know how to say his last name, but Al Alden, who played Han Solo, Oh, uh, yes. his scene at the end Great. of the movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. I was just like, yeah, like you're you need to be cast more things. This is why you are cast in solo. I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but he is a good actor. He's he was great. also in Fair Play last year, which is one of the hardest movies for me to watch. But I thought it was so good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He was in that one. If you haven't seen yeah. Hell Seeker, he yeah. is so freaking funny in that role. He is so good in that role, the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. And Jason Clark, who is just interrogating the whole mm -hmm. time, he is on it. Remy Malik didn't really have a big role, which was surprising. Um, it was really more towards the end of the film yeah. that we kind of saw him. But I mean, if Christopher Nolan comes to you and says, "Hey, be in this, <laughs> be in this film about this thing," and oh. here's the list of cast that you're going right. to be with, you're probably just going to say yes. Yeah, even if he's like, you'll be on screen for one second, you're like, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Remy's got yeah. other things he's doing. It's not like he's just sitting right. at home. So he was right. probably like, yeah, I can be there for a couple of days. But, but when Christopher Nolan calls, you you pick up the phone. Yeah. Sometimes. By the, way, by the way, Valerie, he did say in a in a recent interview with Colbert that his go-to guilty pleasure is the Fast and the Furious. I reposted it, Tracy. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. Wow. I reposted wow. it I'm on sorry. Instagram. And I said... I well, said, I'm not on Instagram that much. So I reposted it on in, my Instagram stories and I said, I have no, like, I have no regrets. Christopher Nolan, like, knew all of them. And then he's like, but you could start with Tokyo Drift. You could just start there. And then, yeah, I, once he, once I saw that, I was like, see, 
I apologize See? that I thought I knew something about Fast and Furious that you might not know. You probably do. You probably do. <laughs> I didn't mean to jump down your throat, but I posted that. I already posted it, Tracy. <laughs> Duplication, Bernstein. Anyway, sorry. Um, that's a that's an old scavenger hunt movie reference. I do Jesus, think um, when it comes to Nolan. <laughs> I have his movies and then I have Batman over here. I think I've said yeah. this before. Batman is a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. But out of his regular features, I think that Oppenheimer is the best he's done. Hmm. Yeah. Knowing it's that I love a lot of the other movies, but movies, movies. Uh, but to me, I think that everything he has been experimenting with sound wise and cinematography wise and looks of his films i think all of those experiments came together in this film and was just a perfect fit well at least this one we could understand the dialogue so that was nice because the last couple that's what i'm saying is he's been playing with you know just like oppenheimer he has been playing with and experimenting with how he wants to utilize sound and space and in this movie when there was the the music the score you knew it was important when he had score with um dialogue you could hear both but they were both there when there was quiet moments which there were quiet moments um they, it was all there for a reason and i just thought it was it was a sweet spot he hit it i i, I i'll save my full review for in a minute but i struggle with this one like it's good and i like it and i appreciate it but I don't have any kind of emotional connection to this, to this movie. And it feels really long to me. Like it, it feels. Long. Tracy's long. just empathetic when it comes to nuclear warfare. He just doesn't have any feelings <laughs> one way or the other. It just, I don't know. It just feels very cold. It just when did you strange. start feeling like nuclear warfare was not a big deal? Was it before or after? You saw the movie before or after. Sorry, I just I wanted to take a moment and let's so, reflect. Let's go back. Uh, I I struggle sometimes with Christopher Nolan because he likes to get really clever with his storytelling uh -huh. sometimes, and he tells stuff out of order or in weird, funky order. And it's for me because I'm not a smart man. It is hard for me to follow it sometimes, and I feel like I he cranked that up to an 11 with this movie really some, at some points i felt that's like it was point. hard to follow at some points in the film it's hard to tell which time period is this at certain times oh see yeah. that's what i really loved is because i feel like with they did a really good job with aging these actors it didn't seem mm -hmm. cheesy to me um I don't, I don't feel like it's cheesy and it's with the black and white but there's some parts I, in the color it's hard to tell where you are in that timeline Oh, yeah, I didn't have an issue, but I loved the aging. I loved the the use of black and white. I loved the use of when it was in the past, everything was kind of um, blown out a little bit. Like you had these dark tones, but all the white tones were a little blown out. So you, yeah. it was kind of a dreamlike sequence. And then when it was in the now, it was a little bit harsher of the same tones. Um but yeah, I just thought it was, I, I, I thought, I thought it, I didn't know if I thought it was clever, 
But I definitely think when you have a long movie like that and you have such a serious subject, the fact that he thought about breaking it up to yeah. keep it more interesting so that you you stayed with it um, was better. I, I had some people like Nisha from uh, Good Things Utah. She went to watch it at home for the first time. Mm -hmm. And she said it was very hard for her to do it because it is very long. And I can see that. Like if you've never seen it before and yeah. you're watching it at home and you're not totally tuned into it, I think it would be rough. Um, I didn't have an issue watching it at home because I'd seen it in the theater. So it, that wasn't an issue. But I can see your point, Jake. Um, but I there's other movies that I've had an issue with that kind of style. This one. I don't know why, but I, I didn't. I do I do appreciate that he did come down from the mountain a little bit for us plebes like myself I'm, I'm and, and explain to us the fusion and the fission part, right? Because at the very beginning, the colored one is fusion and then black and white is fission or maybe it's backwards. So you knew yeah. that it was two different things. Yeah. So I appreciated that he dumped it down <laughs> a little bit for me, but I still, I, I just I don't. Like I I'm felt like I needed to of his movies. So I, I saw a documentary about Oppenheimer before I saw this movie, and that helped tremendously. I feel like if you went into this not knowing much about him, mm -hmm. you could get really lost really fast. And even then, I felt like I needed more history lesson afterwards. Yeah. See, I went after and I watched the two documentaries that are currently streaming after. And yeah. then oh, recently, after. two yeah. days ago, I watched. Um, there's a new one on Netflix, I think, about um, Einstein yeah, it's that like just Einstein came out on the 15th, and I watched that. It was okay, um, but uh, you know, I I love films that make that doesn't give you the whole story, but gives you enough to go want to learn something. I don't know that a lot of people know the exact story of Oppenheimer. Like we've all heard of the well, most of us have heard at least the words the Manhattan Project, right? right. But I didn't know well, that the Manhattan Project was this project. Like, I didn't know that they were so close together. Like, I well, thought they may have been two separate things that dealt with the same thing. Rush did a whole song about it, so. Well, so that's you're ahead of me. That's how I knew back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he started to learn about it in school, but he was like, hey, nuclear warfare, I just don't care. It just doesn't interest me. So People died. I, I lived know. through the Cold War. I remember going to school and learning that if there was a nuclear attack, we needed to hide under our desks. Yeah, because that would have done you. nothing to save us. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that in my early, early elementary school yeah. days, but we yeah. stopped doing it after the Berlin Wall came. I don't, I don't think that this is my thing. I don't think going under your desk is going to save you from anything. Oh, those desks? No, they're going to collapse. Like, But I mean, anything. Yeah. Like, what is it going to save you from? Mm -hmm. You can't hide from people under there. Yeah. If there's an earthquake that's going to happen, it may, it may not hit you right away. But sorry, kids, if we're scaring you. Yeah, I was going like, to say they're this teaching is you. We don't have little kids listening to us. Well, I hope not, and especially not on an episode about Oppenheimer. Like that's yeah. not the kids need to run you out. You can scroll feet. along for Barbie later, but I yeah. also don't think Barbie is a little. I don't kid know the Barbie. We'll, get, in, we'll get into that, but <laughs> but they don't teach it anymore, so it's not going to scare people because True. they don't. They don't teach that. Anymore. Well, they don't, but they teach them to hide under their, under their desks for other things. And they do quite a few drills where they're asking. They, them yeah. Yeah. They could, they, they could interfere. They could interfere with things, but from a nuclear weapon, 
No, no, not going to help. No, it, it right. was it was an attempt to do something in so a situation where yeah. nothing could really be done. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I my like I said, my main problem with this film is I just didn't emotionally connect to it. Like, mm. I like it, I can appreciate it, but it just feels very cold to me and very distant. Whereas it's like. I didn't really feel like I just, it just didn't resonate with me, but I can, I, I know it's going to win all sorts of awards. I don't know that in 50 years from now, people are going to look back and be like, that was a really important cultural milestone or something that really stuck with us versus I think Barbie will. Interesting. I don't know. I think Barbie is, I think Barbie is already starting to wear off of people. I think people now think it's a fun movie, but until they accidentally see or hear the quotes on social media. Um, I think it was really important when it came out. And I think that people that really resonated with it are going to think it's a little important. Right. I, I think, think directors and writers in the business yes. are going to, but I don't think the pop, the general population of people are still hanging on to it like they did when they first watched it. And I think no, a year I, from now, it's not going to mean anything. When there's like a 20 year anniversary, it's going to be, huge yeah i mean but that's that's like I, a, I really a pinpointed one percent of movies like i do think for barbie oh, for but sure. like there aren't a lot of movies that at 20 years no. people get excited about and they're usually a pop culture film like that you're oh, not gonna sure. get like you got a little bit of it for saving private ryan but again that's a great movie but it's a very specific audience right, that gets is. excited but i i feel like this movie tried to be at that level uh, like saving private Ryan or Schindler's list. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's going to be remembered in the same way that those movies are mm-hmm. not that it's going to be remembered as a bad movie or yeah. anything like that, but I don't think it's going to have the same lasting effect that yeah. those movies right. tend yeah. to have. And, and, and I'm all for it. I'm all for having an original story um, making a ton of money at the box office and bring in lots of attention. Cause I'm all for, you know, it, it's hard for me when I hear like Bob Iger from Disney saying, we're going to double down on remakes and sequels for the next while, because that's what audiences want. And I'm like, yeah, but to have something so original and so fresh from both it's of these. It's not movies, really what audiences want either. Like, I, don't, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know that the Disney audience, though. I think it's a different audience than the. the it is, but, but that's kind of the mindset I mean. in Hollywood. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the mindset right now, and it's it frustrates me because, like, did either of you get a chance to see Argyle? No, no, like, I haven't I, seen it. Yet. I know it bombed. Like, I know it did not do well, but I thought it was great, and I love the fact that it was a completely unique and original. I mean, like we've had the whole spy genre before. We've also had the writer who's stuff comes to life, but the way that he puts that movie together and the way that things unravel, I'm like, this is really creative and really um, unique and it just bummed. And so that's, it's frustrating. So whenever there's an original movie that does really well, I'm very excited, but for some reason, Oppenheimer just didn't resonate with me. So what we've learned is Tracy feels like Argyle was a better and more <laughs> movie than Oppenheimer. It was but more we, we can't it's really go by the box office because a lot of movies that are up for nominations at, at shows or at uh, award shows, they don't, they're not big at oh, the box office. If you look sure. at my favorite movie of last year, uh, Flower, Killers of the Flower Moon, <laughs> trying to be sarcastic. 
that actually that actually bombed at the box office. It yeah. didn't do what they wanted it to do. Yeah. American fiction was pretty much forgotten because of the yeah. way that they put it out. Um, Which is past past lives movie. didn't really have a huge um, opening, and then it went straight to yeah. to streaming because yeah. that because because that's what they thought it was. Right. So. I, you know, for me, box office doesn't really have anything. And then you've got a, a movie like Barbie, which we're going to talk about. And that was huge at the box office. And everybody thought it was going to get way more accolades in the mainstream um, top tier award shows. And, you know, it's been kind of forgotten about in some mm -hmm. categories. So it's, you know, just like superhero movies, there's only been one that has been nominated as best picture. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, so those always, not always, during that time period, during the golden years of Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, those movies were making a crap ton of money. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I still think Endgame should have been nominated, but that's not. Yeah. I mean, so do sure. I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Endgame, I think, is one of the best. It, it, I watch it at least once a week. Movie. Like, yeah. I love it. Um, we should grade. We should grade Oppenheimer before we move on to Barbie. Mm-hmm. I'll start. I'm going okay. to give it a B plus. I don't think you can deny that this is a really good movie. Right. Really well put together. But you guys know I will grade typically on whether or not I enjoy the movie. I mean, I can recognize quality. And for me, this, this just didn't hit enough high notes for it to get the A that I think a movie like this should get. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, totally. But uh, for me, it was kind of the disjointed storytelling that, I think Nolan went too far with it on this one. And I, I would like to see just a movie that's serious, that deals with serious topics where every once in a while, the people in the movie might be happy for just a couple of minutes. Like <laughs> That's not depressing all the time, even though this is a very heavy topic. And I don't think that there's anyway. I mean, he smiled when he put the marbles in the jar. Yeah, that's true. He smiled yeah, when he was on, on his horses, he loved being around his brother. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. The brother and the horses, and then he got excited whenever there was more enriched uranium that he could use for, to make his nuclear bomb, <laughs> atomic bomb. No, it, it it is undeniably a good movie. It's an undeniably quality movie, or an undeniable quality movie, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jake. And in fact, I'm going to go B on this one. Um, technically it's an A. I mean, like the cinematography is gorgeous. The fact that they were able to create in camera um, nuclear particles whizzing around and all of that. I think that's really cool. The sound was good. The cast is phenomenal. Um, but it's like I said, I just, I don't feel like there was enough of a, of an emotional punch, uh, an emotional connection. I don't feel like I really learned a whole lot that I didn't really already know. And I didn't get a lot of insight into Oppenheimer as a person other than mm -hmm. he developed the bomb and he was possibly a communist. And, you, you know, I mean, like, I, I feel Never like the party, he points that out multiple times, Tracy. This is true. Never joined the party. Never officially joined the party. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it just, it just didn't hit for me. And I'm with Jake and a lot of things when, especially on this show, it's like, I, I can see why it's winning awards. I can respect the technicality of it, but it just didn't, it, I didn't enjoy watching this movie and it's not one that I really feel like I need to watch again. I've seen it twice and I just feel like, eh. 
Yeah, for me, it's a B plus um, because I, I do think it is one of his best technical movies. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I didn't have an issue following along with it, but I think also I watched this genre of movie a lot. It's kind of like right up my alley of things that I am really into. Um, and I do think it's some of the best acting I've seen from every single one of these actors, the ensemble acting, but also again, technically it's such a great film. The only reason it's not an A minus for me, um, cause I don't think I would give it an A, but in that A range, mm -hmm. um, is because you could cut, there are numerous scenes that I could either shorten, um, or cut out. And I think it would, the movie would be fine. Um, without them. And it is one of those movies I've seen it three times um, now, very far apart, but I've seen it three times and I own it, but I don't know that I would go back to it. I might watch it again in a couple of years just to remember mm -hmm. it or if I needed to compare it um, to something. Um, but it is kind of in that long realm that I, I don't know that I need to watch it again. But when I do watch it, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I forgot how good everybody is in this film. Like it just, it made me so happy to see all of the actors that he pulled into this film. And it could have been a jumbled mess. We have seen it right. before, right? <laughs> yep. But he gave everyone their own tone, their own spot. I felt like we, the people we needed to know things about, we knew it. And those that were just there to cause eruptions, like mm -hmm. that was cool that we only knew knew them as disruptors, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought that kind of went along with what they were creating and the atmosphere that was that time and place. Um, so for me, a high B plus. If I could give uh, it a B plus plus, I would. Okay. Um, quick note: I, I did love this. Um, Emily, I saw an interview with Emily Blunt, and she talked about how Christopher Nolan like always dresses in a suit on set. Like he is always dressed to the nines. And like on our first day on set, they were filming out in uh, the the Los Alamos area, and she was wearing Crocs because she wasn't officially on set. She just came to visit, and like he looked at her and like looked at her Crocs and just kind of gave her this disapproving look. And she was like, "Okay." And so then, like every day, like from then on, whether or not she was officially on camera or not, like she would dress up to be on set because she was like, I think he felt, probably gave the disapproving look at the Crocs. I, I, I would too. Like, Sorry if you're a Crocker. If you're I a Crocker and not a Crocker, it was some kind of comfortable shoe because it's they're out in the dirt and everything else, you know. But she it's, was like, from then on, I made sure that I dressed well on set. Love the Crocs. <laughs> Love the Crocs, and I may or may not be wearing Crocs right now. But you know, around the house, a lot of people love Crocs. Yeah. A lot of people do. I mean, they're selling. If you're a Croc person, don't send me hate mail. <laughs> but I could see Christopher Nolan like really Crocs on my side. And if I was Emily Blunt, I'd be like, whatever, Christopher Nolan. Like we, I'm not you. <laughs> who wears who wears a suit on set in the middle of Los Alamos? Because he respects the cinema. Well, let him respect it. I res I respect it in my Crocs. Yeah. Not mine. I don't own Crocs, but you know. But if well, you did. Anyway. I, I, I think I'll buy my first pair when I go back to uh, Burning Man. Because that there was a must, must have for everybody out there. There you go. Yeah. When I think of great filmmakers, 
historically like the George Lucas's and the Steven Spielberg's they're known for always wearing suits on set. I could see right. how he's respecting the past and Orson Welles not being pretentious at all. Fellini. Yeah. Anyway. Did you say Fellini? <laughs> yeah. Dropping some film school right there. Yeah. Um, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Oh my goodness. Here we go. The Barbie movie. <laughs> I don't know that anybody going into that film thought they were going to be so emotional no. while watching the movie about Barbie. Oh, absolutely not. I don't think the, the I don't think the 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 investors knew. Like I don't think Mattel knew. I don't think Warner Brothers knew. Like I think, I it's think Greta knew. Greta yeah, knew Greta and knew. And um, Margot knew, but outside of that, I'm not sure if anybody did, but those two. And the fact, I love the fact that like Margot had to keep going back to the studio and fighting for things to keep into the movie. But I love the fact that she's got enough clout that she was able to do that. Like there are several scenes, the scene where she's sitting on the uh, waiting at the bus stop mm. and she says to the old woman that she's beautiful. And the lady's like, I know. And and like they they were like the male executives were like we need to cut that that's dumb. Oh my and she gosh! Was like, no, that is the crux of the whole movie. Yeah. And like Margot Robbie had to fly into the Warner Brother offices and fight and say if you don't keep that scene in, I'm not making this movie anymore. <laughs> like to that level, and to yeah. get them to keep it. I mean, it's incredible. And props awesome. to her. She's she's going to make bank on this movie because she was a she took most of the money on the back end yeah. and and props to her for it yeah. yeah i don't i didn't know what to expect with the mm -hmm. barbie movie. honestly when i heard they were making a barbie movie i'm like eh, i don't know what that's going to be for me right um, i also thought haven't we done a lot of barbie movies i see them on netflix barbie <laughs> and the seven princesses dancing princess the animated yeah yeah i had and to the, watch those like, so much when sammy was a kid yeah um, and, and my girls honestly have not ever really been that into Barbie. And so it wasn't like my girls were excited to go see it. So I just didn't know what to expect or what to think. Um, and I think it's a, it's an enjoyable movie. I think it's a, a well done, well directed, well acted movie. Um, just wasn't at all what I was expecting, but I don't know what I thought I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Mattel for years has been talking about that. They wanted to turn all of their toy lines into movies. So, I mean, they were talking about like Rubik's cube, the movie. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And, well, and some success of battleship. And they said, Hey, <laughs> let's do it. We're let's all go. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you. When they, when they announced this, I was like, that eh, might be cute for young kids, but it's not something I'm going to necessarily enjoy. I cried in this movie. Like I mm -hmm. came out of this movie going this, I'm not the target audience, but Oh my God, like this 48 year old man loved the hell out of this movie. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you, Tracy. I think you are the targeted audience. I think we are the targeted audience because yeah. younger people that I talked to about this film and my daughter and her boyfriend, mainly because I watched it with them when I saw it the second time, um, they didn't quite understand why those things were so important in the film because the generation that came after us mm -hmm. um they haven't had to deal with as many of the things that barbie had to deal with what women growing up 
in the 70s, 80s, and right. 90s. I guess I would say 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s had to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. um, there is still, unfortunately, a lot of sexism out there and a lot of, you know, just misogyny and patriarchy in some right. in some places down with the patriarchy um but <laughs> but for the most part when you go to new companies now and you've got these young millennials mm -hmm. um running it and younger right, yeah, right. um they're kind of an all-inclusive you know place and there's like ping pong tables i know this isn't everywhere but right it's 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 less than it was mm -hmm. when well, we were growing and, up. And, and they even kind of hint at that when Ken's talking to the business executive and he's like, you guys don't do patriarchy here. And the guy's like, we still do. We just hide it better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but those are still old guys, right? They're in the right. older, if, if they would have been in a business that was a whole bunch of, you know, 20 somethings and early 30 years old. I'm not saying that there isn't any of it out there. I'm just saying right. it was very prevalent. Oh, very much so. And so I had to sit and explain to my daughter's boyfriend um, the things that it were in the movie were actual things that I've had to deal with in my life. Right. And so I do think that younger viewers um, enjoyed the film but some of them didn't quite connect like some of you didn't connect with Oppenheimer didn't quite get why some of these things were very important and the emotional tolls that go with it. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Cause like uh, a job that I was at probably, I probably interviewed about 10 years ago and the, uh, the general manager said to me, now your boss would be a woman. Do you have a problem with that? And I was like, no, He's like, mm, she's younger than you. Do you have a problem with that? And I'm going, if she's good enough to be in that position. Yeah. If she's got the talent and the know-how. Yeah. I have no problem with that. And yeah. but, but he came from a much older generation where that would be a huge yeah. issue. And I don't think you can even ask those questions officially with an HR no, you can't. Person, but... <laughs> no. I mean, if you do, you're in trouble. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never been asked that. I'm a woman. Um mm -hmm. But like almost all of my, the people in charge of things that I do now are way younger than me. And actually most of them are women. So that's mm -hmm. great. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think that it, it kind of was, I think Greta kind of did um, put it tongue in cheek, but also very like, do you guys remember this? Uh -huh. Like you lived through this, right? So we're, I'm taking this very lightweight that you think on the surface is Barbie and pink and shiny and happy. And what if inside of that world that everybody thought was this frivolous thing is actually what we should be thinking about is actually exactly opposite of what our world is and why is it? Like there's all these questions that were put out there and she is so smart. And she always surprises me as a director and a writer. Because yeah. when they said they're making a Barbie movie, I was like, okay. And mm -hmm. then they're like Greta Gerwig. And I was like, okay. Oh. And then oh. when they were like Margot Robbie, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then we, they were like uh, Ryan Gosling. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this is going in a total. And then when I saw like Simu is in it uh -huh. and, you know, all these other people, I was like, all right. Like, mm -hmm. this, this can be something. Mm -hmm. Simu was so good in this role. So good. Like, I love, I want, I want more of him in different things because I just remember so the dance. The, oh my. Yeah. 
<laughs> he, he and Gosling played off so well off of each other. Yeah. And Gosling, like, that could have been such a bad role. And he completely mm-hmm. took that on and, and yeah. owned it. And, like, the, I don't know, there's so many great lines with him. But the one that I love is when he's, like, at the at the end, when Barbie's talking to him after they've, they've freed all the Barbies. And he's, like, I kind of got disinterested in the patriarchy when I learned it wasn't all about horses. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, admitting like, he didn't know yeah. what he was doing. He is a simple guy that can, that can. He is Knuff. Yeah, he's Knuff. My girls watched it Uh and loved it. Mm -hmm. They watched it. Awesome. We bought it on on iTunes or Apple or whatever it's called now. Uh Uh, And for about a week straight, they watched it almost every day, my two older. Wow. And did they, did they ask questions? Um, a, a couple of them, but it wasn't so kind of to your point, Val, I, I think in their minds, it was like, yeah, the patriarchy's stupid. Like, like yeah. in their minds, it made sense because uh-huh. yeah, it is stupid. Right. Their, their dad isn't, I mean, I'm not overly chauvinistic. I mean, I don't think you're chauvinistic at all. Well, wouldn't think so. No, I, I'm not. I think of myself as I, I try not to be the anyway yeah. and i think that that's just not what they it's see it's not like i am the father <laughs> yeah. that has zero clout in this house when i'm like i'm the father you'll listen to me they're like yeah whatever whatever dad <laughs> um but it's not but i do think it's different for them growing up like i don't think that they even know about those challenges which maybe they need to and maybe this movie is good for that to kind of show them that the, mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff is out there, but that's just not the way they see the world because yeah, that's the way they're that hasn't been their world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with my, the older, like Sammy's 22 and her boyfriend is 24. Um, I think that some things can get super hyped. Right. So it was so hyped by mm. the time they saw it at the house that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. that they were, that they were kind of like, I mean, it was fine, but like, why, you know, is it, why is it so important this movie? You know, I think Sammy got it a little bit, but it was more her boyfriend. And I was kind of cool that he sat there and listened to me and saw, you know, things from a different way. I said, you don't get a lot of this stuff because you haven't had to. Yeah. And I just flat out said, you're a white male in Utah. Like Mm -hmm. you haven't had to to deal with any of it. And it's not nothing against that. But, you know, you only really understand things if either you research it or you somebody you know has had to deal with it or you've dealt with it yourself and so like i don't hold it against anyone but it was nice that we could sit and have a conversation but to their thing too is i think i enjoyed it so much more because i was in a theater in washington dc it was Mm -hmm. packed to the hilt with people dressed in pink there was no empty seat but i'm sitting there with a coworker, this big burly guy named jim and he's crying as much as I was, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was for everybody that was in that room and people were laughing and people were crying and people were cheering. And then I think sitting at home, kind of like Oppenheimer, if you see it for the first time yeah. and yeah, you're in a house absolutely. and, you know, you're kind of not totally invested. 
and there's other things going on that mm. I, I can see how it wouldn't be as effective. Right. I can totally see that. And I was like, I saw to an it. Alt to them. And yeah. yeah. So I got there before all the hype built up and, but yeah. I love the fact that it like freaked all these conservative white men out. Oh like gosh. that whole thing. What's the guy from the daily caller? I can't think of his name. I don't know. Oh shoot. Anyway, but he, when he like any recognition on the show. Yeah. So yeah, but when 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 grown men are like buying Barbie cars and lighting them on fire on their grills, I'm like, way to go, Greta. You just <laughs> And Mattel Mattel's laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny. So one of the big arguments against it that I saw in the circles that I run in was um about how it treats motherhood. Mm. Um, and in particular, you know, you've got the Barbie that was like the pregnant Barbie Barbie that was was discontinued. Yeah. Midge. And they're like, cause nobody wants a pregnant doll. Nobody wants. And a lot of people took that very, very literal Mm. that what they were saying is that we don't care about motherhood and we don't care about. I hadn't heard that. They missed the point oh, of that. It was. It, I, I don't know that it was huge, but it was. That was one of the things that I that I heard. I heard the whole thing, like, but I hadn't heard the anti anti pregnancy. Yeah, that like interesting. It, it devalues motherhood and things like that, and I didn't feel like that was the case at all. And I feel like if you watch it and then you listen to America Ferrera mm-hmm. and her speech that she mm-hmm. gives not just once, but multiple different speeches toward the end of the movie. If what you got out of that is that it's devaluing anything that's part of the lived woman experience, whether that's motherhood or being a professional or doing whatever, Mm -hmm. if you think it's devaluing anything, then you have missed the point of the movie. You're like that Superman GIF where you're flying around and the joke is up here and you just (laughs) totally missed what if it was about. anything, it values the relationship between mother and daughter oh, totally. with America Ferreira and her daughter yeah. and how much we can kind of get separated in today's world. And, you know, as, as our kids are growing up. And so for me, that was more of that thing because I grew up when that Barbie came out, right? That's when mm-hmm. I was into Barbies. Mm-hmm. And moms were very angry about that Barbie because now we have oh, to explain totally to our that. kids mm-hmm. how babies happen. Right. And, and so the Barbie didn't do well. So if you are 30 or age 30 or above, if you have such an issue with it, you should have gone out and bought that Barbie when the Barbie was out. Like yeah. that's why it didn't work is because people one didn't like Barbie's younger sister, and they also didn't like pregnant Barbie, and they also right. Doctor Barbie, Doctor Barbie didn't values. do very well either. Yeah, right? that's the whole family values time. Yeah, so yeah. well, and that was the big thing I remember growing up with Barbie is that she was in all of these different careers, not just doctor, but you know pilot, yeah. but and you see all of them in this, you know, and it was like, yeah, this is just encouraging little girls to want to work outside the home and not be part mm. of the family. And I remember that being the yeah. case with Barbies. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and the ones that sold the mo- most were beach Barbie and uh-huh. rock and roll Barbie. Yeah. And like, it was all little, like the mermaid Barbie. It was all the pretty cutesy things that you wanted girls to be, but all of the other ones didn't sell very well. So it, you know, all the ones dressed in princess gowns 
were huge <laughs> hits. But nobody went out, and not nobody, most people did not go out and buy the Barbies that wore different nationalities, that <laughs> were different jobs. You know, I loved my Barbie and the Rockers set. And oh, I yeah, loved, I, I loved Asian Barbie. I she was the one I played with the most. Her and the Ken with the real hair. He had real <laughs> blonde hair, and everybody just thought it was so weird. And I thought he looked like the DJ from MTV. Um, <laughs> you know, and so it's. I just think it's funny that people complain about things that they could have done something about when it was yeah. happening. Yeah. So now you're complaining about the exact opposite thing. (laughs) But that's the way the culture works, right? That's the way people do it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to complain about this. Okay, well, we fixed it, and now we're addressing it. Oh, well, now I'm complaining about the way that you fixed it and addressed it because you didn't fix it right. Or now it's a different problem. I like it back the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, I got to say, I got to give huge credit to to Greta and to Margot for – taking a movie that could have been a complete corporate sales job. It reminds me in a lot of ways of the Lego movie where it was like, it could have been so bad. And instead it was very subversive and smart and it had points. And the fact that they were able to like throw some, some shade on the parent company inside the parent company's movie, like that just really, really smart, clever. And the fact that they got that done and through and made billions of dollars well i think i think nowadays it's all i don't want to say it's easy to get that kind of stuff through i think studios and companies will put put a stop to it pretty frequently right but i think then you have to deal with the backlash because it's going to get out that it was going to be in the movie and then it right. was cut because you didn't want it in the movie yeah. and so then you've got to be prepared to deal with that the backlash whole... you have to think is it easier just to take the hit on the chin because yeah we could have done better we should have done better or do we want to deal with the backlash of, yeah. of getting cut? And and the the whole the whole sequence of explaining the Godfather to the Barbies, I was like, oh, oh God, that takes me back to my film school days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like and even now, I'll like start explaining a movie, and I'm like, oh, shut up, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> all I know is that um, Dave was really upset, babe was really uh-huh. upset that there was not a Casa House Mojo Dojo under the Christmas tree for him. Um, I can see that. Yeah, he was really he was really bummed out. Um, I also, I loved Kate McKinnon as the weird Barbie. Yes. I love that they had weird Barbie. <laughs> I remember that Barbie specifically. And I, I know that it wasn't a specific Barbie. It was just- We all had one, one though. <laughs> had one all over her face and cut her hair down to like the- Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. The Barbie we, that was my, my sisters hard. had a decapitated Barbie that was the weird Barbie, but well, it had no body. It was just the head. My sister says I I took the heads off of her Barbies, and I didn't. Not that I remember hmm. anyway. But she says that I did, and I don't think that's true. I think she did it and then framed me for it. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. She, was, she was devious. And, and I'm so excited. I want I want Ryan Gosling to perform I'm just can He is. Oscars. He doesn't want like, to, but he is. I and and the fact this was so great to me. Like the fact at the Grammys when that song beat the Billie Eilish song and both His he and, and the other guy are looking at each other like I don't want to go up on stage. Do you want to go up on stage cuz I don't want to go up on stage. Like this is a mistake. This should not be happening. Well, but it, and it's 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 interesting. I don't know how much of that is 
that they didn't think that they deserved it or whatever because it's just kind of a campy song and it's a great song i think it's a wonderful yeah. song. yeah but but i also think there's a little bit of like i mean it's the same thing where he got nominated for uh-huh. the for his performance and his song got nominated for best song mm-hmm. but greta didn't get nominated for best director and margo didn't get nominated mm-hmm. for her performance mm-hmm. which kind of encapsulates the whole message behind <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do... like you said val that the sexism is still out there mm-hmm. well okay so i'm gonna play devil's advocate I, I, for I would a put second Greta up there over the the i i put margo over and um what's her bucket with the the jody and that benning yes Annette benning. that's that's exact so this is the thing okay I do agree that um, Greta deserves to be in that category. And you already know who I would take out of that category and put Greta in. But every time he makes a movie, Scorsese is going to get a nomination, right? doesn't matter what kind of piece of crap he puts in a bag and sells. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be, and I am a huge fan of Scorsese. I I love Scorsese, but this is not his best Um, But when it comes to Margot Robbie, it's one of those years that is really hard because there were an abundance one, there was more female directors that had movies that were recognized this year than any other year, right? Um, but the fact that they, I feel like they they feel like, okay, we have two in the category, that's so we're good. Oh, yeah. But if we had three, it might be too much. But mm-hmm. you look at, other than Scorsese, all of the other directors, for me, deserve to be in that category, right? Yeah. Well, But I, I would switch those two out. Agreed. Get to Best Actress. Everybody deserves to be in that category. Now, the movie that Annette Bening was in was actually really good. I've seen her be that kind of character before. Not yeah. that exact person, but Annette right. Bening is another one of those people that she doesn't have a movie come out very often, especially so being the lead actress. So when she does, the Academy... Not all the other award shows, because she's right. not a nominated in a lot of the other ones, but she is going to be represented. And that's where we get a little political. Now, as much as I think Margot Robbie did a great job, I do think that it was Greta that made Barbie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was Margot. And don't send me but hate I mail. But I don't know that- I don't know too many other actresses that could pull that off. Yeah, I don't I don't have any on mind, but I do I do think Margot did a great job. I do I, think, I think but I do think that I would switch her out with Annette Benning, but there's also five other leading ladies that I saw in movies this year that you could also argue could be in that position. Are we only putting Margot in there because the movie made so much money? They did nominate the best picture, right? But they didn't nominate her or Greta. It's kind of weird. And I don't think that directors and best pictures have to be nominated together, but a lot of people do. Um, Sometimes I think a best picture is the best picture because of everyone involved and not just because the director was involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So with, with Margot, I could go either way. I would not be angry that she would get nominated. I think she totally deserves it. Um, But I'm not like irate that she didn't get put in the category because it was a really big year for these females. Now, Greta, on the other hand, I think she deserves to be in there. And I don't think Scorsese does. 
I agree. I think Scorsese made three of those same movies before. So yeah. we've already talked about that a little bit. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like you said, if he makes a movie, it doesn't matter what it is. He's going to get nominated. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of directors like that. I think Steven Spielberg's in that same boat. Ripley, uh, yeah, he. Ripley I Scott. mean, Spielberg has been off and on, but yeah, just yeah. like Meryl Streep, if she comes out and does, mm -hmm. and I love Meryl Streep, I love Annette Benning, but they're always going to be there. Yeah. There were some people that were nominated last year that I don't think did better than some other people, but they're older, well loved actors, and because they're a little bit older. Mm -hmm. and they're well-loved and maybe they think about their past work wasn't recognized right then they throw them in as soon as another project comes up because they want them to be recognized so like i think brendan frazier got mm -hmm. um, his award last year because not because of that role not, yeah not yeah. because of that role so there are just things that's why i say award shows as much as i used to just look up to the academy awards um, and I still, I mean, I still get a little bit excited about it, but now that I'm a little bit closer to the industry, I understand that there's always going to be a little bit of politics there. That's okay. just like any other company, right? It's just like mm -hmm. any other big group of people that get together. You can't blind people on what to vote for, right? People are going to have favorites, whether the project was the best pick or not. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> Tracy, we'll start with you on this one. Um, this one, in, in, this one's an A for me. Um, like it hits on every level for me. I don't know what you would cut. I think um, it's just so clever. The, the, it starts with the script. It goes into the acting. It goes into the directing. The set design was incredible. Um, I mean, like the whole thing about them traveling into the real world and having the old timey sets was just so clever and so well done. I don't know of another director that could have made this movie and I don't know of any other cast that could do this and, and, and pull this off. And I really think that monologue by America Ferreira, I really do think that 20, 30, 40 years from now, that's still going to, that's still going to be something people are going to quote and remember. And it's going to, it's going to stick with. Um, I enjoyed the heck out of this film. It was one of my favorites of the year. Um, I really, really love this movie and it's one that completely took me by surprise. So very solid A for me. When I first saw this film, it was an A for me. Um, and now it's an A minus only because the second time and third time I watched it, um, it it wasn't as fun as the first time. Like, I don't think I ever need to see it again as much as I respect it. And I the writing was so smart. Again, an A minus is still a really so good grade. Um, but I think it would be fun to see it again in a couple of years at like Broovies with a whole bunch of oh, rowdy yeah. people and we're all laughing and having a good time, but I wouldn't just turn, turn this movie on at home just because I wanted to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm in, in the same boat, Val, I think as a communal experience and, and this really captured a moment last summer mm -hmm. when this movie came out, this was a movie that we collectively needed last summer to rally behind and to enjoy that moment that it was. But I don't think it's going to have that same lasting impact. Parts of it will, Tracy, I agree. The speech from America Ferrera and, and things like that, I think will continue to have a lasting impact. But it it doesn't, doesn't hold its value when you watch it again and again, I feel. And mm -hmm. especially, like you said, if it's if if you're by yourself watching it, 
it's very different than watching yeah. it with I, I watched it again recently and loved it just as much. So but yeah. I know and, and 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 I'm glad that you did, oh, Tracy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. To, to yuck it. Oh yuck no, it. no, no, not at all. But, but <laughs> yeah, for me I, I would put it in the A minus a minus category is, as well. Again, still a really dang good grade. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, I know I'm talking like I'm going to give it a C or something, and I'm not. <laughs> like, it's still a really good movie. Right. But it doesn't have the rewatchability factor as much as I thought that it would the first time that I saw it. And then you mm -hmm. watch it again. You're like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I I've think that it. first time where you're experiencing everything and you're laughing yeah. and Alan, I love Alan so much. <laughs> like, I just want to hang out with Alan. I, um, but there were so many of those first time moments that I think were great for the first time. But then when you watch them again and again, it's not as exciting. Whereas something yeah. like Endgame for me, like I can watch that movie over and over and yeah. over and it never feels long. And I know what's coming, but I also know I'm going to feel what I'm going to feel when it happens. And so yeah. this one is not quite like that for me, but I respect this film so much. So many fun things in it. I love the houses. I love floating down. I love <laughs> the pretend food that they're pretending to eat. Um, and then when the milk was bad, but there wasn't any milk, like I, all those things were so fun. Yeah. And I, and I will say Michael Sarah right now, he is a whole mood. Oh my is, gosh. He's, he's, his Sarah he's, V commercials <laughs> every time. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but there you go. There is our Barbenheimer episode. Um, both of these movies, like we said, are available to stream on different services or available to purchase or rent wherever you get your digital movies from. I don't know that either of them have come out physical yet. Oppenheimer is. I have a physical copy. Okay. But there you go. If you buy your media that way as, uh, as well. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, and until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Closer I am to bye. <laughs>